you were saying that you like this idea of buying individual weapons like expand on that a bit the way that warzone plays now you you could win a game of warzone without ever opening a crate i think that they've went drastic where they went from you don't have to loot at all to now you you have to loot a lot i do like the way that you buy you know your loadout gun from a buy and maybe you don't have enough to buy both of them where you only buy one of your loadout guns and you pick up a sub off the ground or whatever i kind of like that good morning good evening good afternoon no matter where you are in the world or how you're listening welcome into the bot lobby podcast i'm grandmaster ghost joined by always uh katie bedford over here on my left or right depending on if you're watching it live katie how are you doing today caught next modern warfare 2 warzone 2 we're all over the place what's going on uh, it's been a busy few days. COD Next was an incredible experience. Got to see some awesome folks, meet some people I hadn't met before. Uh, had that London Royal Ravens event uh, prior to COD Next, um, which was live in LA. Ton of fun. So it's been a, it's been a crazy like week and a half. Uh, really, really excited to break all that down, uh, especially uh, with our guest, someone we have wanted on the podcast for a long time. Someone who I think is going to have some unique insight into their experience as well because they were at cod next to yeah I, we've got a ton we want to talk about and instead of just you and i rambling on and on about warzone 2 let's bring in an expert also there at the cod next event with you katie uh the mm -hmm. the luscious locks the the cat lover <laughs> the bucket hand bucket hat extraordinaire i mean we've got so many names for him but in, in all reality we've got to talk also about his skill and everything that he's been able to do through caldera and i'm sure how excited he is for warzone 2 let's bring in Breadman himself bread my guy how are we doing today you are glowing oh my gosh that was an intro and a half i feel good i feel great uh the con next event was really good i mean listen i've got all but good things to talk about that trip i mean i've been i got back yesterday i was in la for 18 days and so obviously i was i was there with uh, katie at the london Road ravens event uh it was it was something and a half but listen i feel amazing thank you so much for having me on yeah, I, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I, that's true. London Royal mm -hmm. Ravens event that, that Katie was at as well. Uh, of course, you guys played well in World Series of Warzone, not as well as you would have hoped, but FIFA mm -hmm. got the massive win. And you oh. guys, that reaction. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, my gosh. That reaction was <laughs> incredible. So I'm sure that was a, a blast of an event. We'll, we'll go through all of that. But mm -hmm. to start, uh, Katie and I are going to ask you a few questions, Brad. We, we like to do these icebreaker questions, okay? So these are rapid fire. This is just first okay. answer that comes. Whatever comes to your, to your mind. mind you're, okay you're gonna Let's regret ask. an answer i'm sure later down the road <laughs> but just whatever you got we'll keep it pretty quick or a little bit of a rapid fire katie you want to start us off at the top yeah let's get into it favorite person to stream slash compete with joe yeah it's pretty easy uh pretty easy, easy. who was the first creator or competitor to give you an opportunity iron nice all right i like it favorite streaming moment uh, when I was in Twitch Rivals, the first Twitch Rivals that we had to qualify for, no one knew who I was, and we won the quals, and they asked me what my favorite bread was, and I said bagels, which isn't a type of bread, and so I was, I felt, <laughs> I was so nervous, I was so nervous. Oh man, didn't hit it with the rye bread, come on now. Bread adjacent. Yeah, sure. It's a, yeah, yeah, it, it was work. close, it was close, like, yeah, I was so nervous. An attempt was made, it was a good one, I like it. What, uh, what is your favorite meta of all time? The FFAR meta, easily. Yeah, I respect okay. that. That is not the first time we've gotten that answer. Mm -mm. Favorite competitive moment? Uh, there was this, like, 1v2. It was, like, a 1v4 in Verdansk. I was, like, near Corey. I, th I think it was called at the time. It was either Corey or whatever the, the second name was for it. But uh, I was alive. I was playing with Dracota and Iceman Isaac in Twitch Rivals, and I clutched up for, like, a win with, like, 11 kills or something. It was so fun. It was crazy. Nice. Heck yeah. 
Heck yeah. What is your favorite Warzone competitive format, uh, if any? Trios customs, just straight up. Trios customs, nothing banned, easily. Man after my that's own heart. What we, is that what Hasoka and Skull were saying too? Yeah. I think oh, yeah. as well. Uh, we've got a, a lot of people who've said that. All right, your least favorite duo to compete against. To compete against uh, Tommy and Almond, easily. Oh. Heck yeah. yeah that, that's like 75% <laughs> of our far. answers. <laughs> um, okay, uh, do you have any like tourney day or game day rituals? Uh, I would say I just do the same thing I do every day. I try not to switch it up. I'm not too particular, but when I wake up, I always have a glass of chocolate milk, three eggs, three pieces of bacon, and everything bagel with some whipped cream cheese, and I feel good. Ah, you know what? That's I forgot about it till you just said it. But that's what Catgun was explaining to me in the interviews they did. <laughs> that you love your chalky milk and you have your whole like morning ritual. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that. I don't drink caffeine, so I need something to drink, and so I just drink chocolate milk with my water. <laughs> I love that. I like it. All right. Uh -huh. Do you have a hardest loss? Um. I mean, honestly, the loss, this recent for the World Series of Warzone, I mean, obviously, like, before this event, we had played so well. And to come top 15, especially with, like, you know, the, the adversities we went through, FIFA devering in the last game when we had specials mm -hmm. of Foresight, that was pretty tough. But it was an instant regain, him winning the solo yellow. So it wasn't something that's going to linger too much, but it was a tough loss. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly could feel the kind of, like, tension and frustration in the air, not even at each other, just at the situation, you know, prior mm -hmm. to the 100K, you know, final final drop so yeah i feel that luckily it was it was kind of like brought back to some degree there by the end but um okay the last question then we'll hop into like kind of the the, the further interview questions that we have uh if you could do any dream brand deal right now who would it be I think at this given moment i would go for texas pete it's if you don't know what it, it's like oh, a yeah. hot sauce I, I eat it on everything, my mac and cheese, my eggs, literally. If I eat a bagel with nothing on it, just a bagel, I'll put Texas Pete on it. Like it's, I put it on literally everything. Okay. Okay. Have... You put it on mac and cheese, which I'm okay with. I mean, I'm more of a ketchup yeah, person, yeah. but like, I'll, I'll take That's that. I like it. Foul. That is no, foul. No, it's not foul. My, my mom does that and uh, I don't know. See? Mom knows best. Nope. Ah, that is that is disgusting. <laughs> Texas Pete, I'm a stand for Texas Pete. We've gotten such a variety. Like it's usually like, oh, Nike or something like that. And then I, I think Hasoka said Viagra. So I at this point, <laughs> the door is just totally open for for any answer there. Uh, but Brent, no, really excited to have you. Thanks for answering our questions there to kind of get things started off. And and oftentimes when we're doing these styles of interviews, we want to start with like your story and your background, and, and we will get to that. But I think it it makes a lot of sense. To to hop right into the most recent event because it's on top of mind for everybody. COD Next, uh, you know, Warzone 2, Modern Warfare 2. And, and before we get to Warzone 2, talk to me about what it was like to just get invited to COD Next in, in the event and it's kind of like uh, the entertainment value of it. It's a dream come true. I remember initially getting that invite and seeing it, and I was like, that's, I mean, that's so cool. And I didn't understand the magnitude of the invite until I went to the event and saw, you know, who all was there, how many people were there, the, 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 I mean, the, just the grandness of the area that we ran, like it's like an airport. I mean, it was insane. I mean, the, 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 I don't know, like the event itself was crazy. When I first got the invite, I was nowhere close to as, as excited as I should have been. I remember getting it and it said like, confidential don't tell anyone and yeah. i immediately messaged joe i was like yo did you get this <laughs> and uh and he was like yeah i got the same thing i was like all right I got, i'll go and i'll go get to see joe and probably like husk and and some people but no showing up to that event i mean that invite is 
easily the coolest thing that I've ever been invited to and got to do as a content creator or streamer. I mean, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, and there's just, there's something that takes your breath away when you first walked into the building and you got the full scale of the setup and the the middle portion of the arena obviously where they had the desk and all of those high-rise stands and, and the setups they had for us Brett, were really impressive all these dual pc setups that did such a great job but i agree when i look at something like that it just kind of sinks in for a moment you know of like wow i'm here and i was invited to this it's so cool Oh, 100%. I had to take, I like, I sent videos to my mom and my dad. I was like, you've got to see this. Like, it looks like something off a of TV. Like, it didn't even look real. Yeah, I, I will say from somebody that was watching at home, <clears throat> what I was so impressed by was just the infrastructure. <laughs> like, the fact oh, yeah. that they had 200, not just PCs, dual PCs for everyone, right? Set up mm -hmm. so that you could record and stream. They had the internet infrastructure for that. They had, I mean, like, that's the way I was thinking about it. And then it also was entertaining. Like, it wasn't just a, a stunt or a gimmick or something. Like, the entire event was entertaining. You know, the desk hosts were obviously fantastic and, and having part of the team, like the dev team there was cool too. And um, you all getting to, to play the game early was, was awesome. Awesome. And so I uh, want to talk about that. Let's, let's talk about Modern Warfare 2 before we hop into Warzone 2, mm -hmm. um, which is obviously, you know, a, a huge thing that's coming, uh, a game that we've been long waiting for. And a couple things come to mind when I think of the event. One of those things is you killing everyone. I, you were you were on main broadcast Thanks. like i was roaming broadcast i was changing i had so many different povs up kind of watching all the different uh, opinions and thoughts and and you were on main broadcast for a solid like 20 minutes straight of maven just <laughs> gassing you because you would not die i mean what what, what, what no, was it like no, i know because <laughs> i was one of those people i was in hell you don't understand i loaded in and i saw breadman on the other team and i couldn't go around a corner i couldn't i I couldn't even yeah. put I touched my controller and he was like, oh, you're dead. I, I couldn't even play the game. So politely, sir, please. Well, yeah. Please. What, what was the game like? What was you know Modern Warfare 2 like in that kind of stadium atmosphere? I want to go back to like the, the setups to just explain for mouse and keyboard. The setup like the desk space was a a a tap i mean barely a little limited so i was like moving yeah. over to the left i yeah. was in like a, a weird position but it ended up i asked like a bunch of other mouse keyboard creators because obviously as a like control player you don't need too much desk space and so like i feel like everyone kind of figured it out it was honestly like the setups were amazing but to go to the modern warfare 2 portion where like we were obviously fighting each other like all the lobbies were sweaty i mean like everyone on the uh, opposing team were other pros in the lobby other people from the team uh it was super cool to get to compete but being on like my first i think that was my second game where i went on that 25 kill streak that was on the the main broadcast it really really you know obviously it, it's fun to do that type of thing but it was really cool to be like one of the first people to ever drop something like that yeah. on the game ever against like you know some really cool people so like it was a great experience i feel like uh, I'm one of those players that off the rip of a game, uh, like I'll get it down a little bit more just because I've got I'm in the right headspace. I've got, you know, I'll, I'll think about things a little bit more. But it seemed like, you know, everyone is kind of running and gunning. But, dude, I, I, I saw some beta gameplay today from like people being on the PlayStation and everyone mm -hmm. is demon. Even just random people in the lobbies are just demon. The SBMM seems crazy. But with, with Modern <laughs> Warfare 2, I'm not. A, I'm not a big multiplayer player, but after playing that, I can I think I could easily get the mastery camo for that game. Like it felt fun. It was fun. 
Well, that's a, that's a key part, right? I think you, you say that, that fun, right? And if you're not someone who does that regularly, so is that something then you want to grind for on stream that, that you're going to try and get, whether whether it's Atomic, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be called. Um, but I, I know we saw, I think when we were talking to Skull um, last episode, he was the first one to get it uh, in the prior game. So is that something you think you're going to go for? If I'll go for, I mean, you got to have a different type of grind. I remember seeing Skull in like 47 hours yeah. alive. I mean, he was grinding. Uh, but I think I am interested in at least getting gold or whatever the equivalent is on right. at least my favorite guns off rip. You know, like if I like the M4, I'll just get it gold. Or or like a sniper, I'll get it gold. I think with, you know, Vanguard, I never even had the game downloaded. Uh, we have a special guest here. I never even had the, the game <laughs> downloaded. Um, and so now I definitely feel like it, it'd be worth it to, to play the game. I'll have fun playing it. I'll have fun getting those camos whether it be mastery camo or whatever um it's definitely something that i could do do on stream and feel comfortable yeah yeah and, and i will say too like when when we were playing or when you guys were playing modern warfare 2 it, it did seem like as a master keyboard player you could certainly compete i mean there's no problem with that obviously you're talented um and with a lot of these weapons without attachments too it, it felt like you were able to control recoil better than most like was that something that you noticed was like hey i can take these long-range shots and nobody can compete yeah, so the, the visual recoil, especially first day with no jig. I mean, Jagon was at the event, but obviously he was even back to square one. There was yeah. no help on the attachments. Everyone was using right. different stuff. My gun was twerking, but being on mouse <laughs> keyboard, it made it a little better. You know, I could always just pull down or whatever. So the visual recoil was crazy, but the actual recoil wasn't the worst where you couldn't shoot from too far away. It was definitely something you had to take in mind where, like, you saw someone running from really far away, just didn't even shoot. Yeah. What did you what did you think of the third person? I know we had to play the the third person mosh pit a little bit. Did you experience that? I liked it. So I, I played a game of the third person. I would say I'm not a big third, third person player since I came from PUBG. There was like a a third person mode and a first person mode. I never played third person because I kind of thought it was a little cheesy where you could just sit behind a wall and just see people that are running, which I'm one of those people. I will sit behind that wall and wait. And yeah. so I enjoyed it for that because Joe was in my game and he just be running around in the open. I just sit behind the <laughs> wall and peek out and kill him. Um, so I, I liked it for that. I think the way that it was made though, if you are a person that likes third person, you, you could easily like that mode, but because it was made super well. Well, like the gunplay, feel, it feels smooth. Yeah, I'm not even a third person player and I wasn't have it, it wasn't like I wasn't having fun playing it. So I think they did it really well. Yeah, uh, well, that's a great point when we start talking about kind of like differences and, and things that they're kind of innovating on when we hop into this Warzone 2 conversation, um, you know, added context, you know, I was gonna talk about your PUBG background and how that kind of could come into play a little bit with Warzone 2. I mean, let, let's go through general impressions first, like give me mm -hmm. some high level stuff and then we'll ask some very specific questions about what we were able to see or what Katie was able to experience uh, in Warzone 2. General impressions, positives, negatives, anything that really stood out to you. I, what I was telling stream earlier, in terms of just the map, as soon as we loaded into the map and I could see the different buildings, the different areas, I could immediately tell you that it was a Battle Royale map. Like, I would call Verdansk. Verdansk was basically like multiplayer maps all put into the same big map. Yeah. Caldera is a bit more battle royale-ish but there's a lot of i don't know there's a lot of stuff that could be you know fixed a little which they have with balloons and subways and stuff i think caldera side note is better than verdansk was at the end i love me some caldera but immediately queuing into almazra i could tell that it reminded me it looked like something traded a PUBG or something yeah. like that i mean it is battle royale uh with the, the you know we landed on top of a building with like you know nuke squad lands up with there we were fighting them off rip 
it was honestly voting in for the first time was it, i felt like i was a, like a kid on christmas i mean it felt amazing i can definitely tell especially going back to like my PUBG background i could tell that i'm gonna like this game it felt like it played a little bit slower than uh warzone you know the current version that we're running is in which I, i'm sure a lot of like you know regular players that haven't played too much br won't like at first but the thing is with you know uh warzone 2 coming out it's better that they take all these massive leaps so that we're not just playing the same game that we've been playing for the last two and a half years. So I'm excited for it. Well, and you, you actually just touched on this and you're on the same wave, wavelength as Doug because uh, he just asked in chat, uh, Modern Warzone asking, uh, what did you think about the pacing of Warzone 2, uh, whether it's circles to gunfights to transitioning from point A to point B? How was the overall pacing to you? I think it was definitely a little slower. However, um, it's one of those things. I think that vehicles are going to come, you know, meta now in Caldera. I'm, I mean, you could probably watch a whole game and never see someone hop into a vehicle. You really don't need to drive them. Verdansk, you drove them a little bit more. People would, you know, I remember when it first came out, like Huskers and them were putting the trophies on the car and just going. I think it's going to be a bit more like that. We're going to have to play in the cars, the different types. You've got like that little hatchback type thing. You got yeah. like the big, I mean, there's tons of different vehicle options. Uh, people are definitely going to be using those cars, I feel, just because the running was pretty slow and it didn't you know it, you kind of looked like fifa kill when you were running i mean there was no slide yeah. canceling you were just looking like a bot <laughs> running through a field and so i think the vehicles are going to come massive especially now that like you could pop tires on them i don't think they're going to be too mm -hmm. op but we'll see there may be like an individual one that's like kind of like a tank i don't know how it's going to play yeah, there, there was certainly a ton of variation of vehicles. I mean, we saw everything from the, the ones you mentioned all the way to boats, right, to different mm -hmm. types of helicopters. You had the big old, like, cargo helicopter that could fit, like, 10 people in it, which was wild. Um, in terms of, I would say probably the next question I would want, want to go to is, like, staying on that pacing mentality. Uh, talk to me about looting. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of, there was a lot of feedback on looting and, and something that will probably be adjusted going into actual uh, drop of the game. Uh, what did you think about the looting systems, uh, about the kind of intuitive looting, uh, loot on the ground? Talk to me about that. I think that with this looting system, since we're so, I think Warzone in the current state has, out of any battle royale, has the easiest looting system. You could just kill someone, run over their pile of loot, and you pick up everything you need. You don't, you don't even have to look down. You could loot yeah. with your monitor right. off. Um, and now looting is turning into something that you kind of have to do and you have to do it intentionally. You can't just go and pick up a gun and not even realize you picked one up. You're going to have to look down at the ground and pick it up. And I think that's something, especially the menu when you open a crate, it's something that mm -hmm. they are going to change. I heard, I mean, basically from almost everyone that 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 was their main feedback from playing the the, the close yeah. bait or the alpha or whatever it was. Um, it was the looting system and that it was a little bit slower, but I think if they refine it a little bit more to make it faster and also fair to controller and keyboard and mouse, because, you know, looting systems where you open up a HUD isn't as good on controller because yeah. you're having to switch, you know, you have free reign with keyboard where you could go and pick, you know, whichever one you want really quickly. So I hope regardless of whatever they end up doing, that it's fair for regardless of what input you're on. I don't want it to be, you know, you loot slower because you're on controller. It just wouldn't, wouldn't be fair. Sure. How did the scarcity of resources and the intuitive looting feel to you a la going to a cash register for cash um, a ca or cash a medicine cabinet for medicine and just the general amount of loot that was available when my first game i went to like three different buildings and didn't find a gun until i realized like the different ways you had to like you had to be looking on the shelves and all that stuff so like i was like oh okay i gotta change the way that i loot now where i'm not just listening for crates hearing the crates was pretty hard so maybe they do adjust that audio or whatever if there even is audio for those 
um finding a gun and, and you know finding the guns that you want seemed really hard i it's think tough. that the, the way that they're going to do the loadout system though where you could buy your individual gun mm -hmm. from the shop will just encourage you to run a route and get those like cash registers and get your money up and then go hit a shop yeah when i think that go i think that that point i'll hand it over to you uh is so important because they were looking for that feedback right and that's something that is always reassuring to me is when it's very obvious that what we got just now is not going to be that final product it's going to be iterated on polished smoothed over uh but go just take it away yeah no and i think going back to the intuitive looting piece there is like a, a conversation to have of course around this idea of hey it's always going to be a slower game the first time you play it because you've got to learn mm -hmm. the systems i mean if you look at apex or, or, or PUBG, which have a little bit of some slower looting systems like once you've played the game a lot you can spam click through that right and, and speed things up but there was a question of like hey there probably should be more loot on the ground or hey if it's the guns aren't going to be on the ground they're going to be on shelves can we have some more shelves because we wanted to try to yeah, find yeah. a weapon along the way but let, let's talk about the buy station uh, i think there's a lot of things that could be tweaked with it and a lot of changes that mm -hmm. may be coming with it but you were saying that you like this idea of buying individual weapons like expand on that a bit so i mean i'm like a classic br player so i mean the way that warzone plays now you you could win a game of warzone without ever opening a crate you could just yep. wait on your drop loady pick up fully loaded from it kill a couple of people and you will never need to go loot off the ground which you know obviously battle royale where you're you're landing in it's like that hunger game style you're landing and you go find a weapon where, wherever that be i really do like that and so i think that they've went drastic where they went from you don't have to loot at all to now you you have to loot a lot yeah um so they definitely took like a, a drastic leap maybe they find some in between between. Uh, I do like, you know, how the looting isn't just, you know, you, you can grab your loadout and that's whatever. I do like the way that you buy, you know, your loadout gun from a buy and maybe you don't have enough to buy both of them where you only buy one of your loadout guns and you pick up a sub off the ground or whatever. I kind of like that where it's like, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta find a good middle ground to where what gun you actually want to grab that's your fully kitted gun that you could have every game potentially. Yeah, and I wanted to ask too, I, I saw some like information about that because it was obviously like, hey, this is not how the buy station is going to be working once the game's fully out. Like there's going to be some changes to it. Um, but I also saw like, hey, potentially some of these weapons, you're going to have to upgrade the attachments on them. Or if you're buying your custom weapon, that they're going to be more expensive if they have more attachments on them. Like, do you think there's a world where we could see, hey, our loadouts, like the custom loadouts we're building beforehand, the custom weapons, like, hey, here's my cheap version, uh, a weapon that I want, right? Mm -hmm. That I get towards the beginning of the game and here's my expensive version once i've looted up a ton saw this tweet that somebody put out yesterday where like they were talking about maybe they just throw a mag and a scope on the gun that they want and that's what they're grabbing because it's way it's a lot more expensive when you're adding all those attachments that maybe you don't exactly need especially like early game you can maybe just grab your ar with a big mag and a, yep. and a nice scope and that's all you need so i think that will become part of the meta where it's like you know you have your good gun build and then you have your cheap gun build yeah I, and exactly that cheap gun build. What can you afford? What do you pick and choose? What's most viable for you? Uh, something it could add a lot of depth. I think if it's executed on correctly, we'll have to see how everything again ends up once the game comes out. But let's move to another big announcement that happened during COD Next for Warzone 2, and that is those ending circles. As they explained, it now splits into three circles that converge around each other and then eventually get smaller and smaller until that point in the middle, that Bermuda Triangle point, if you will, is where all of those will move to. What did you think of that? How was your experience with ending circles now in Warzone 2? 
I've never seen any Battle Royale try to change the way that his own closes from just like circle, 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 circle. Maybe they've done different shapes or whatever, but having the three last circles is, I really like that. It's gonna, you know, in a customs, you're probably gonna see all those three last circles. You'll see one team come out of each of those three, where like the one in the middle is maybe a little bit worse than the one on the sides because the middle person could get thirded from either side. I, it's gonna, it's gonna make the rotations a lot better where you'll have teams thinking about like where they want to be way before it actually happens. Uh, so it's it's one of those things that they've took the leap on, and I think that will people are gonna like that. I haven't heard really too many people be like, "Oh, I don't like the three circle system," because it's not. It's definitely not worse than what we had, and it's new. So I mean, it's a little better at least for now. Well, and I I do think, especially like given the context of our conversation here, and given the context of what Katie and I do, like competitively, I think it'll make for really fun conversations on main broadcast. Watching tournaments become more entertaining because this allows players to make more decisions like you were saying like you're having to think more and more in advance the more things that they put in your way like this opportunity and, and what's cool too is that they they included like a hud for it right they had like mm -hmm. two different lines of information top right hand corner where it said hey this is what's in your circle and this is what's in the entirety of the game so that's going to inform a lot of your kind of opinions going forward once you're actually playing the game and competing for money potentially I think, uh, yeah, 100%. And it's it, like you could even gas play between the different circles. Yeah. The possibilities for the last circles, especially in, you know, competitive <laughs> customs mm -hmm. like that, way, I think from a viewing perspective, it's going to be elevated, especially mm -hmm. with there being codes to join custom lobbies. Now, hopefully we're going to get more some support on that side. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I hope so. It seems like it seems like there are very good signs in the pipeline, if you will, for exactly what, uh, Brett, what you just mentioned. But I, I want to touch on it really quick because I don't think we've talked about it. Uh, how, what was your impression of audio in Warzone 2 when it came to close range gunfights? Uh, obviously AIs are going to be around, but w what were your audio cues general sound like for you in Warzone 2? I think I had my audio pretty quiet because the way that we were mixing between the, the two streams, I just turned down my game audio so it sounded better on the stream and I could still hear people. Like, I, I mean, I could hear people and I, I could also hear like verticality almost where it's like, you know, now if you're in the middle of a building and you hear someone walking, you kind of just have to know, hey, they're walking on wood and that's the roof above me they have to be above me or like, you don't really have any options with with the vertical audio now it seemed almost like you could hear if somebody comes in below you or somebody is above you you could hear the difference i think that the audio overall sounded better i mean and this is at an early stage of the game maybe that this gets upgraded or whatever but it definitely didn't go backwards it has to yeah. be better than warzone in the current state it, it well, that's great. And Goja, I think that one of the things there too is in a lot of CODs, that vertical audio is tough right. for them to, to nail. So I agree with you. I experienced some of that too, that it seems like that has at least been improved upon. Yeah, and, and I know they talked about it on main broadcast too, about this idea of, hey, we've added more variations in footsteps on different surfaces. So the quicker you can pick up on those, whether it's water, swimming, or different surfaces like certain metals certain rocks certain dust you know uh, sand or what have you and then of course your wood and your stone that will help you out the most when it comes to like sound whoring right um mm -hmm. but the problem with that of course is that if, if sound whoring is everything you do in the game on paper that's going to slow everyone down to play a slower bit of a, a slower gameplay but if you're a true br fan that's not necessarily a problem did you, no, um, no, no. did you, speaking of that, did you change the walk speed slider at all for when you were playing? I think, 
somebody mentioned it to me i don't think that i ended up actually changing it however i believe it is an option for us to use right now obviously like mm -hmm. on controller you don't really need to change that because you could just change how you know the how fast you move your thumb or whatever so i don't know if that's going to just be a change for keyboard and mouse or how it's going to work i didn't end up trying it myself but i did see i, I think it was modern warzone who posted about it you know being an option now so maybe that'll be nice where you can kind of creep on keyboard and mouse as well uh, like up a ladder or whatever uh i, I think it, it you know having different options like that is only going to be a good thing yeah, and, and, and I wanted to go back to kind of the sound question. I, I think once you start thinking about competitive Warzone, like, uh, it, it, the tweaks made sense, boosting the audio. I mean, everybody that turned on even Modern Warfare 2, it seems like the game audio was just boosted to the max. So you have to like kind of adjust it. Um, but I think audio has been one of the biggest issues of Warzone uh, 1, if you can call it that. Um, it, you see this as a good change. I know you said it's kind of a wash, but depending, I mean, we got to kind of wait and see. But overall, audio balancing and trying to adjust, good, positive, yes, negative. I think it's it's at least on the par with Warzone, if not better. So I definitely don't think we're going to see any anything worse than what we have now, where it's like we're a little bit better, but everything is so quiet. I mean, with Rage Serum being added, they definitely have a way yeah. to just make everything <laughs> so loud that like it hurts your eardrum. So maybe they take that route where it's just they just make everything louder. They don't make it sound necessarily like higher quality. As long as you're able to hear that where whatever they're walking around, maybe they go that route. But I think especially just from like the setups, we weren't even on our own setups where we yeah. used for our headsets or whatever. It sounded pretty good. I, it definitely didn't sound bad enough to where i'd be like uh this i don't know if the audio is going to be up to par i think it is at least going to be slightly better than what we're used to now which is <laughs> that's a good thing you know yeah it, it definitely did seem like they were avidly watching and listening to you all right like the community of people saying hey what did you like what did you not like because it seemed like most everything the way they were talking about it at least it was almost on a switch like hey if you don't like the buy stations we'll switch it if, if you don't like audio we can switch it if you don't like gulag which is where katie's gonna go next we'll, we'll switch it right so <laughs> let's let's talk about that katie let's talk about the gulag yeah, let's talk about the Gulag bread, man. I couldn't get away from you in multiplayer. I couldn't get away from you in Warzone. So Gulag, the big change, it's 2v2s now. Uh, I think you come in with an AI if you don't actually have a regular player. And the AI, I do believe, has additional armor to give them a bit more substance. But uh, the arena is uh, double, if not more, the size of the traditional 1v1s. And same, ground looting, sparse ground loot in there. And it's a fight to the death with whoever you get paired with and i will say that i blued you and then i you you broke my ankles in half and then i died so thank you for that sincerely thank you that was my first gulag and honestly i i would say it's one of those things that 2v2 gulag looks good on paper but in practice especially with ais it's going to be a little interesting especially for like random cues or maybe even in customs where you're getting paired with the people you don't want to win maybe you just throw your gulag because if you throw your gulag and they don't win and your teammate has enough to res you it's going to be especially in customs really odd like if i get paired with someone that i know is doing well i'm just going to throw my goose and my teammates are just going to buy me back right. and yeah. then you know hopefully but being able to have the opportunity to come out of the gulag with two kills is a good thing because because, I mean, coming out of Gulag with two kills, is, is, that's really good. I mean, just you, you don't have to risk too much. And obviously, if your teammates can buy you back, it's going to be interesting. I think the kills are going to be inflated a bit more, especially if they have Gulag tokens and stuff like that on the ground. Yeah. If you're going there multiple times a game, I mean, you could rack up five, six kills if you only go 
three times. Yeah, yeah. And well, you're pu if you're pub slaying, right? Like uh, it's not a problem usually, not always, but usually to win a one v two. So regardless of who your teammate is, you come out with two kills and you're feeling great. Now the weird part about the AI, though, from what I understood and saw, was that the AI are in regardless. So there's just like these chunky AI that can take a ton They're of hefty. damage. And do, yeah. do not, I was a little bit blown away by that. I mean, did, I don't know how many times you went to the gulag, to be fair, uh, in the couple hours that you were able to play. But the number of times that you did, I mean, did you, were the AI a problem? Were they just distraction? Like, what do you think the kind of, like, role of that AI was in the gulag? I honestly, I saw somebody fighting one from above in one of the gulags that I played. But in the two that I went to, I'm pretty sure, I don't think I saw any AI in the time that I was, like, fighting the, the people so... It's going to be interesting how they how they actually like play because obviously you don't want to be the person to fight an AI because you'll just get third partied in the gulag, which is yeah. weird to say. Mm -hmm. Saying that you're going to get third party in the gulag, especially with it being a 1v1 or not, does that even sound right? Um, I think it's going to be one of those things. If you see one, you just avoid it. And if somebody else starts shooting at it, they're a free kill. So may, if they are avoidable, that'll be a good thing. But if you have to fight them, it's going to be interesting. You're going to have to find a nice balance between, you know, leaving your spawn if you have to get like, you know, even I didn't know if they, I didn't see if there was a flag or something that you have to cap. If you have to get to the middle, you probably do. Um, it, it's going to be a nice balance of avoiding the AI or fighting them if they're easy to kill. Uh, and then just obviously killing the real players that are in the gulag. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because I don't think that many people, like, actually experienced the Gulag enough to fully understand it. F from what I understand, what I saw just combing all the different POVs, yeah, instead of a flag, you've got a key that you have to grab, mm -hmm. and it's it's the key drops in the middle of the map. I think an AI can drop it if you kill it, but it, it drops somewhere in the middle of the I map. I saw the key once, Goge, and I didn't know what it was, and, and I just died. <laughs> so you have to grab it, and then you run to one of the two entrances, whether mm -hmm. your teammates, like, where you came from, where you dropped in at the back of the map or your opponent's entrance where they came in you take the key and you run to that and if you get to the door you escape and you're out with your teammate so very different from the flag it certainly opens up the possibilities on how you can win if you want to play the hey i'm gonna be a little rat and run away from the person shooting at me <laughs> That's going to be, it's almost like capture the flag. Yeah. It's going to play super once, especially once people figure it out. Because he, like, when we played at the event, no, like everyone was just walking around like, a. I mean, no one knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. once people actually figure out strats, like maybe, you know, you look over and one person just goes for the key. Uh, I think it's going to, it's going to get really competitive in the gulag. But I do like, you know, the ability to kind of like throw other players in your matches if you need to. Like if you mm -hmm. recognize a name or something, I kind of like the concept of making them fight a 1v2. And if you just kind of throw it and you die and then you get rest i don't know yeah look i am i actually really like that as well because i think the skill expression the depth it can add to how you choose to play out a match in competitive uh could lead to some really interesting scenarios selfishly for goj and i uh in our shitters digest portion i'm sure that is going to spawn some hefty arguments yeah. when we get into <laughs> these when we get into these tournaments but i want to keep in this ai theme and talk about uh almazra in general uh ai are all around you're gonna usually take some pot shots doesn't hurt that bad but what was it like for you ai on the rest of the map I think that was there was definitely a bit too much AI, especially for how big the game was. Only a hundred players. You were you were running into almost more AI than people. So I don't know if the servers will allow this, but I mean, if they could make it 150 people per map and then just cut the AI in half, I think that'd be a lot better for the general population because you know, especially if they're spawning in different places every game, it's going to be interesting. You know, you're going to have to shoot and give up your position a lot to kill these AI. I mean, that's what I was having to have to do, and especially you know, we're going to get to where you could hear a certain gunshot, know it's an AI or something like that, which could play to your advantage, but. I 
I think for the regular person, maybe if, if they make just more people in the lobby, actual people, and cut down the AI in half if they need to, it could be nice. But obviously, I like the AI being in the stronghold portions where, you know, you get the key or whatever, you go unlock the stronghold, and obviously you fight AI similar to, like, the, the, the helicopter in, uh, like, the the pink snake or whatever it's called where you get the specialist in the yeah, foresight yeah, yeah. i like yeah. that i like that yeah um but we'll see how the, the actual ai play out yeah this the strongholds made sense to me of like hey this is a mechanic that we've actually even seen in potentially other brs you know fortnite has has utilized ai for a long time and, and to fairly decent success there and so um the strongholds made sense and, and it's another way to of course get your loadout weapons too right like you you go into a stronghold you get your, your key and, and you kill the ai and you kill the boss or whatever and then you can get one of your weapons um which which is great but um it, there's also random ai just kind of like lurking in corners as you're like roaming around i saw yeah i saw so many times and it's it, of course you just got to get used to it but i think i was watching joe and he like he like tried to slide around a corner which he couldn't really do and there's somebody there he's like he's there he's there he's there and he like rips him apart he's like oh it's a bot and, and but you're <laughs> giving <guess>. away <laughs> yeah but you're giving away your position so totally hear you on that ai will be interesting um, and I'm sure they're going to be taking in, of course, mm -hmm. all the feedback on that and, and implementing that into the actual release of the game, which is a good two months away. So they have some time, mm -hmm. uh, especially if that's on a Switch. But uh, yeah, Katie, I think you had this mentioned down. Like we, we talked AI. We're really just kind of hammering all the differences in mm -hmm. Warzone 2. One of the major ones that they've been emphasizing for a long time, Brett, is the water. I mean, did you experience water? Of course, you probably did. You did. did you swim? Did you hit a boat? Like talking about the water mechanics. So water is something that we've never really had in Warzone ever. I mean, we've had like puddles or even rivers, the one that separated airfield and uh, like the, the ice houses on yeah. the other side of the lake in Verdansk. Yeah. Um, you've never been able, if, even if there was water, you couldn't swim in it. It was either ice or just like very, <laughs> like a puddle. Uh, so we've really never got it to experience water in that way where we can actually swim. And the swimming mechanics were nice. It's going to be interesting to see, like, in zones that end in the water. That's going to be crazy. I, it seemed a little... I was I was in the water in Ground War, and you could stay down there for a long time, and you could almost come up instantly and refresh your, your mm. breath and then just go back down. So it, maybe it's easy to shoot people into the water, or maybe it's hard to see them. I think that they do need to, if, if it is OP with you swimming in the water and coming up, barely going back down, maybe they, they make, like, a health recharge or, like, a, a bubble recharge where you have to recharge all your bubbles, and then you can go back down. Mm. Uh, but honestly, the water physics, the way that the water worked, having boats in the game, I think it'll just add another like rotation. You know, you, you could choose to go in a boat now. It seemed the water, it, it seemed nice. It's, it, it seemed like they do it pretty well. Like they thought about it. Yeah. What, what I was curious about, and I only experienced it very briefly. I didn't try out a lot of the tax or lethals, but um, lethals don't go anywhere when you throw them underwater as they shouldn't right because you're underwater uh when i i think i threw a frag just to test it and that it floated maybe like two feet in front of me you're very much so in damage range so i'm curious to see tax lethals i know snapshot will float above the water and then go off but even gunfights as well how that's going to interact with visibility outside water versus visibility when you're in the water if there's going to be attachments anything like that if people want to be aquatic warriors i don't even know <laughs> my worst nightmare would be Breadman floating up with a sniper up from the deck and then just sinking back down personally sounds terrifying yeah if, if you could if you could abuse the like coming up shooting with your main gun and going down and maybe even having a pistol so if somebody jumps in you just start blasting them hopefully it's a little easier to see people in the water than see out of the water kind of like how gas works right now so i yeah. would i would like to see it like that so it's not too op when you're in the water but still you know somewhere that you may be able to retreat to in, in a final circle or something like that 
Yeah, and I, I really did appreciate, too, that they spent a lot of time making sure that everything that interacted with the water interacted with it well, right? Like, you had your, your bouncing Bettys that you could throw on top of the water that would float. Uh, vehicles don't immediately hit the water and, like, sink to the bottom and explode, like, those, those types of things. So they've certainly put a lot of thought into the water. can only imagine it will play a massive piece to this game kind of in perpetuity, regardless of... I, I assume if we do get a rebirth or a resurgence map or something... Um, that there will be a, quite a bit of water that could be utilized on that. Um, we want to go to your background. We want to go to your history. Um, we're going to get to that to kind of finish off the podcast. Anything else about Warzone 2 we haven't chatted about that you were like, hey, this really stood out to me or I wasn't so sure about this? Say, just in general, the things that I like most about the way that it played out were the, the vehicles not being that... Like, we hopped into a vehicle. It was Huskers, P90, and I. We hopped into that really big heli in was it the hardest thing I've ever had to drive in my life? Like, I don't think it's, there's going to be a learning curve to, to driving those vehicles, which I kind of like, where it's like, oh, you see somebody flying like one of those big helis. Like, I mean, they've obviously, they know what's going on. Like, they, they've got their own thing going. I mean, it, it's just going to add a new way to rotate, and it's not that easy to do so. So, like, especially for competitive, you know, you could choose to take stuff like that, but it's going to be hard to do it. I, I like, you know, anyone could just hop in a Jeep and handle that thing wherever. But with the, like, the vehicles being so hard to, to move around, it's going to be like something nice to kind of grind for. And that, I mean, that's the, the main thing about Warzone 2 that I'm excited for, it's just going to be something to grind for, something new to play. Uh, anything that's different from Warzone, I'm a fan of. So I've heard a lot of people talk about like, hey, they just want to reskin or whatever. I, I don't think that's what we need. I, I'm loving every change that's pretty drastic, that, it, that at least is, is on par with Warzone or a little better, I'm a fan of. Yeah, that is uh, that's a great point. And I think it's worth even emphasizing is like, hey, if we got a Warzone reskin that looked really cool, you know, the novelty of that wears off within the first month or two, right? And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we need more changes. We need more changes. And so if you start with a lot of changes, you might piss a couple people off, but it's a brand new game to grind for. The novelty is going to stay around for a long time. And you're going to see more opportunities for a skill gap in competitive for people that are grinding the game and getting better, which is honestly what I love. Now, I think there's some things about the game that will will have hurt competitive dramatically, like the 2v2 mm -hmm. potentially. Um, there's maybe a chance it could be tweaked to, to make that happen in customs and, and it be okay. But, uh, of course, the hope is that Customs has its own kind of functionality uh, that comes with it and, and is much more customizable. Adding in those lobby codes, man, like, I don't want to harp on that forever, but, I mean, I was jumping around in my room ripping my shirt off, man. <laughs> like, as huge. soon as I saw that, uh, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I mean, even if they did nothing for support and Customs, that, I mean, that's enough to where it's like that's huge. the lobbies aren't taking 10 years to start, you know? I mean, that's it's it, that seemed amazing. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, let's talk, uh, you know, briefly. We've had you on. I appreciate your time. We've already had you for like 45 minutes. Let's talk briefly about your background, because it, this is a, a worthy story that we want to tell, at least to some level. Um, everybody now knows what we've uh, deemed as, as flow woe, right? It was originally <laughs> loaf woe killer. At least that's what I was saying. Loaf woe, you and Joe were grinding for a long time. And then even before that, I remember you and Iceman Isaac playing quite often. And I remember the Iron Days way back in the day. So talk to me a little bit, and, and if it needs to be a shorter version, that's fine, but you're, you're come up in competitive Warzone. Like, what got you from where you were averaging 20, 30 viewers to now where you're up here at the top? You know, a couple thousand viewers, you're, you're competing at the highest level, you guys have been killing it in tourneys. Like, talk to me about that journey. Where did it start and how did it get to where it is now? 
I would say that the thing that really started off like way back, uh, I started streaming a lot. You know, obviously when COVID started, I worked at like a uh, like an elementary school after school program for the YMCA. So like, you know, with no school being in, I didn't work that much. Obviously, I was in high school at the time, so I wasn't working too much. But I didn't. I, I basically I had a little bit more free time. So um, I took that time and I streamed for four hours a day, Monday through Friday, uh, starting somewhere around June, July 2020. And then in August, I believe there was a dude that joined. I'd been running like some CMG wagers. I remember running one dollar, one v one CMG wagers and being so nervous. I mean, playing for <laughs> any amount of money, it was scary, like any amount. And I remember there was this guy that joined the the, the stream named Pun, and you know, just to, I, at that time, I probably averaged like five viewers or so, which for me was a ton. It was probably three of them were me, um, <laughs> but. It was a ton. And I remember um, Pun joined and he was like, yo, like t back then, Tommy used to do kill bets where, you know, he'd have to get a certain amount of kills and people would bet him. And he was one of the people that used to bet him. So he was pretty good with Tommy. And he set up a 2v2 that I played against him and Aiden. And we ended up winning that 2v2. Um, I was playing with a dude. He doesn't play too much anymore. But we ended up winning that 2v2. And this was like early stages of 2v2. I mean, I dropped like 11 kills and we won. Like it was nothing yeah, crazy, yeah, especially yeah. for dance back then. I even used a car 98. Like that was like my first, I was like, holy moly and we we won i think it was 200 dollars each i mean he he put up all the money for us and i had never played for that kind of money i was so nervous and we ended up winning aiden raided me uh the next week and then the week after that joe doesn't remember this but joe actually raided me as well and so that took me from like five viewers to like 30 to 40 and then when um twitch rivals the first event ever started the qualifiers went up we went and we won the qualifiers uh, it was Spartan, uh, who still plays Nubu Spartan, yeah. and Prayers, who doesn't play as much anymore. Yep. Uh, that was the first customs lobby ever, and we won the first game, and we got second in the second one, and we were feeling amazing. And so after that, Iron uh, Iron hit me up. He was like, yo, I like the way you play. We started playing, and then uh, Isaac hit me up and was like, yo, do you want to be a duo? I was like, dude, I'd love to. And so, you know, Isaac helped me get into all those trainings. We played a ton together, and then uh, I play with Joe now, and, you know, since September of almost a year now, Joe and I have been playing together as a duo, so... Uh, that's kind of like the come up. Yeah, uh, I know. I know, Kate, you've got a follow up to this. I, I, I just want to say it has been so cool to watch this come up. Like you are one of the probably like 10 players or so that I have seen from like nearly not quite inception, but close to inception of your career all the way through. I remember so vividly the games where you were playing with prayers in, in the Twitch Rivals Qualls. Like, I remember those like it was yesterday. And the <laughs> fact that we were there and now we're here is is crazy to me. So first of all, congratulations on the come up. It's something that you you have earned there's no question about it and then of course along the side of people like ice and joe giving opportunities then you taking those opportunities and mm -hmm. running with them so impressed by by your come up recently so very well done. thank you thank you when i remember i can't remember what tournament it was but it was way back in verdansk it was uh it was in stadium after it had been blown up and, and maybe you were playing with iceman i'm not sure but uh i was i was casting it was switched over to your pov and i i had some name recognition but i wasn't quite as familiar with you and i remember I wish I knew who you sniped, but you hit some filthy snipe on someone in stadium and you were holding them in storm. And I remember distinctly that moment when I was like, okay, this is, this is someone I will now remember this person forever. Are they in future tournaments? You will always have that name recognition. I mean, your come up has been nothing short of outstanding, but you mentioned Joe had rated you before you used to play with Iceman. You now play with Joe. What was that transition like in finding duos, figuring out the duos that are best for you? How, how did that come to be with Joe? Uh, so with Joe, Joe and I had played, I think Isaac, 
um you know we had played like some tkrs because those were pretty big back then uh isaac and joe and i had played some tkrs and then there was this one tourney that um isaac wasn't available because he has full-time air force and so isaac wasn't available to play and i played it with joe and uh, exact and it was a trios customs based on the win and i remember we had this game and we were playing and i i like going for wins and so you know that's why they gave me the opportunity they're like oh this guy you know he plays pretty slow he knows about the wins and stuff and i remember we were chilling in an airport i i forgot i called it airfield earlier it was called airport i'm pretty sure yeah we were chilling like underneath that like bottom part where all the luggage was and we just sat in there trolling for like 20 minutes straight and they're like oh we gotta go move in the zone we just moved into the zone and just won the game and i think that we that won us like 500 each i was like holy moly like we were all like i mean we just we didn't even try at all and we were just winning stuff like that and so that that felt really good and then eventually you know isaac being able to you know having to have his duties obligations and stuff with the military uh joe was looking for a duo because he had recently stopped playing with Stu, and i was like all right uh you know isaac and i played for a super long time we won a couple things didn't win a couple things and so i was like maybe it's time you know we just try to figure out you know if you know what we could do that'll benefit us especially with isaac being full-time and and joe not having duo so i was like all right i'll try to play with joe a little bit and then we did uh it started off we didn't do too good in some of the tourneys especially notably mini royale duos yep joe and i have the worst record ever <laughs> We played one of the first tourney we played was that uh, seventy five thousand dollar. I've got it. It was the last answer for Dansk. I've got this little note yeah. that they mm -hmm. sent. The last answer for Dansk, uh, seventy five thousand dollars, and that was the one that uh, Doctor Disrespect and Zlaner were playing. Yep. And uh, we were doing so bad, Joe and I. I think we were in like eighteenth place. Uh, I, we were just trolling at that point. I pulled out like some Pellington from my loadout because none of the really good weapons were allowed. Snipers. Yeah, yeah. I pulled out the Pellington from my loadout, killed Smith, went up on top of a building in 360 dock off a roof. And like <laughs> that was one of my best memories because nobody knows that like we had nothing to lose. We were losing regardless. We had nothing to lose. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go some fun. And it ended up be just being docked that I 360 off the roof. So that was dope. And then we did the land, which we also didn't do too good on. But I mean, we have we had one of the worst track records in mini real duos. And I was like, oh, Joe will never want to play with me again. Yeah. Uh, but we did pretty good in 2v2s at the time. And so we kept grinding. They, there weren't as many mini real duos. So the stuff that we did play, we did really well in. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I was I remember Joe flew back home that night after that tourney because he had something new. I was like, bro, Joe hates me. He was never going to want to play with me again because <laughs> we did so bad at that event. And um, no, we just kept grinding, especially with there not being too many of those. We did like the trios customs. We always did pretty good in, always had a random third or whatever. And with FIFA being like a free agent almost, uh, you know, picked him up and it's been nothing but good. Yeah, and, and I want you to touch on the vibes as well. Obviously, at first it was like, does he like me? Does he not? You know, because because Joe had had that come up kind of before you did. But it's obvious you guys have become great friends. Uh, even FIFA Kill added into the mix, but you and Joe in particular. Um, I mean, talk to me about the vibes. How important those are. Uh, how how close of friends you all have become. Uh, we have seen it time and time again where the best players on paper will not win tournaments over and over and over again because their vibes are shot off of things that happen and it seemingly always is the case where you guys are always having a blast regardless of how you're doing i think it's one of those things where it's like if you know that you know you die somewhere you, you you do this and it doesn't work it's like as long as you know it's something that you couldn't really control where it's like you get headshots night from someone 500 meters away and you lose a 2v2 it's like you got to focus on the things that you can control and if you, you, you something unlucky like that happens it's like you could just look past that think of the things that you did wrong uh that led you to that moment and kind of work on those but i mean with joe joe's a really optimistic happy guy i'm the same way so it's always worked out where it's like unless something goes terribly wrong like we're we're gonna be 
chilling. And even if something goes really bad, we'll make the most of it. Have fun. Like when we were just pulled out random guns in the in the yeah, last yeah. Antifa dance. It's like the vibes are never truly chalked until, you know, obviously if if, if I make a bad play, you know, it, the one thing I tell people is like, they're like, how do you play solo so much? It's like, I, I like to play solos because generally if I die, I did something wrong. Or it's like, why don't you complain about aim assist? It's, I really don't mind that much because it, generally if I get killed by someone, I miss some bullets or I didn't do the right thing. So it's like, as long as you're focusing on the things that you can fix, don't worrying about things that you can't fix and, it, it, you know, just factors like that it doesn't really make any sense but the vibes especially in tournaments are massive joe has the vibes fifa has the vibes it's always nice to just regardless of what's going on just be positive yeah yeah makes a lot and of and sense I, that's so important um great mentality i just saw that in chat is an excellent way to to sum it up and we've heard that as well from joe himself when he was on the podcast how important to having that level head being aware that sometimes it is your fault uh, and working on improving yourself exactly you, you said it right don't focus on the things that you can't control and uh keeping positive uh, you and joe i think uh, as a duo set a very good example of that oh, but we know you don't have a lot of time so we would be remiss if we did not ask about your name if we did not ask about the bread Talk to us about where Breadman came from and how you've managed to accumulate such a vast quantity of of bread paraphernalia. Yeah, so honestly, I may not have the best story that you'd like to hear. <laughs> so I used to play uh, Counter-Strike uh, a ton. I played this game mode called Scout's Knives where basically you just fly around with a sniper with low gravity and shoot people. It was so fun. Uh, but I played, and at the time, I think I was like 11 or maybe 10, um, and I had my, my name was Peanut Butter, uh, spelled horribly wrong. And I remember playing, and some guy was just roasting my name. Like, he was like, dude, that's the worst name I've ever seen. You should change it like Bread or something. I was like, all right. And I changed my name to Bread, and on Steam, you could just change it. You know, you could have the same name as other people. I think there's like 300,000 Breads on Steam. So I was like, yeah, I'll just change my <laughs> name to Bread. Um, and then I just never changed it again, like ever. Uh, and my name has always been bred since. And uh, the reason that I've got like the extra B and the man at the end, which at this point I'd, I'd like to keep both. Um, I played Minecraft and on Minecraft, you have to have like a unique name. And so my name on Minecraft was just B bread um, because I couldn't get bread. So I was like, all right, I'll just put an extra B in there. It's like a have a sutter or something. Um, and so my name was B bread. And then on origin, I couldn't get the name B bread. So I just put B bread man. And so I've been able to get B bread man on every other platform since. And so that's why it's, you know, maybe I add some numbers in there or something, but that's, that's where it's yeah. at now. I've always been bread. And it was really only because somebody told me my, that my name sucked. And so <laughs> I, 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 I love it. Know. I love it. Uh, that, that's so funny. Well, I will forever uh, always now call you B bread instead of bread man. Uh, we'll make that happen <laughs> on main broadcast. Uh, I'll change all the overlay. I, I always assumed at some point that you would rebrand to just Breadman, oh, but I probably will. Yeah, like I like the man. The extra B isn't needed, but it's like it's not something I'm too pressed over. But I probably will at some point rebrand to just Breadman. Cool, 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 cool. Well, I, I will. I will keep the extra B for now for for all future things. Uh, amazing. Well, let's let's finalize kind of this conversation about your brand, the bucket hats. Uh, is there a story, or is it something that just happened and then you full sent on it? Yeah, so I feel like this isn't as fun as most people would want it to be either. I've always had long hair, like always, and my car doesn't have AC. Never had AC. I've I'm oh. driving the first car that I've ever had. Still, it's like a, it's a Nissan Rogue with two hundred forty thousand miles on it. That thing is. It, I don't have a horn. It's I don't a have a turn signal. Dang. There's a lot of things I don't have with that car, but I don't have AC and I never have. And so my friends and I used to drive and go like swimming every day at this like local creek that was like pretty far away. So we'd have to roll down the windows because it was so hot in the car, and my hair would always just go ballistic. I don't like putting it up, and I was 
was like, one time I was at Target and I saw this $10 camouflage bucket. And I was like, that looks goofy as hell. I, I, I would love to love to put that on in the car so my hair doesn't go all crazy. And so I did. I bought that bucket hat. I actually bought two of them for one of my friends. I don't know where either of them are now. It's the OG Target $10 camo bucket hat. Sure. Uh, but I used to wear those when we when we went swimming. And, uh, and now it's just, I think they just look hilarious. I don't feel like anyone can pull off a bucket hat that well. But as long as you, <laughs> you, you think you can, like just put it on top of the headset, I think it looks funny. And so it's always nice to have some kind of like branding like that. But, yeah. you know, it, it's always been something that I've had around. It's like, all right, I may just wear one for a, like a redeem or something. And I've just always worn them since then. Well, you, you got some ritzy bucket hats now, is there? Okay, I, I know we keep saying that. Really quick, is there any like luxury brand you really want to get a bucket hat from that you don't have already? I'm a very frugal person. The only reason I have, so I've got I've got a Gucci bucket hat and a Louis bucket hat. The only reason I've got any designer buckies is because we were with FIFA and Husk at our trip, the Baca Land, and FIFA didn't peer pressure me, but they, you know, we were we were at like the crystal shops and they were like, yo, you should get a bucky. I was like, all right, I'll get a bucky if it looks nice. And then I ended up getting two. I'm not, I'm a pretty frugal person. Unless something like that happens again, I probably won't get one. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, just adding to the collection, whatever other types of, you know, hats that I don't have, I'd love to get one. <laughs> I mean, treat yourself, right? At the end of the day, you deserve it. You've worked hard. You've you've come a long way. But all right, uh, final question. What What is next for you? Do you have content plans what can we look forward to seeing from Breadman in the months to come really just preparing for uh, modern warfare 2 and warzone 2 definitely i think for the youtube especially side i'll do like some lists and some things to, to be ready for uh, for from uh warzone 2 but honestly when that drops i'm just going to be doing you know a 24-hour stream whatever I i'm just so excited to have something to, to to play and look forward to it's not like i don't with caldera i mean i play at least eight hours a day of caldera and i love it uh, but very excited to have something to work forward to almost like re-getting that mastery camera that you, you know that skull got you know the first person there's always there's so many things you could do like being the first person to drop a nuke on Modern Warfare. There's, you know, having those opportunities ava uh, like available for us again and doing it in a new way, I'm just very excited for us. So in terms of the future, definitely working on that YouTube side of things. I want to do more like, you know, tips, tricks, stuff like that, especially with all these new mechanics out. Uh, I'm just very, very excited to get to grind and play something new. I, I love it, man. Thank you for your time. Thanks for hopping on Thank the you. podcast, uh, joining the Twitter space, and of course uh, the Twitch. And this will all be on YouTube and all the audio formats, uh, dude. You're the you're the goat. It has been so cool to see your come up, and really excited to see you continue to grow and excel in Warzone too, my man. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me on. It was it was a blessing. It was super fun. Awesome. Of course, thank awesome. you. Well, we love to hear your opinions on stuff. So thanks for sharing all of those on Warzone 2. We're excited to see what happens, my man. We will see you next time. Good luck with the rest of your stream. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Appreciate it. Love that. I love great guests, Goge. Courteous, on time, great vibes, good insight, amazing hair. Oh, my <laughs> what did gosh. you ask for? He's still in the Discord. Get out of here. I'll gas you we'll here. Gas, I'll gas you when you're gone. Don't worry. We'll, we'll gas you up. We'll gas you up forever. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We got to go back. We got to show We got to show Ringo really quick for the people Brad, at I home. I want to introduce Chief to we Ringo, got, but I don't got, know where he is. We got cats for days. Cats a part of the brand. Ringo goes so hard. <laughs> so photogenic. Uh, Brad Ringo, thanks again. <laughs> That's awesome. No, 100%. Thank you so much for having me on. You guys are amazing. Uh, we still got a lot to talk about. Uh, there's, there's a ton.
ton that we need to go through. We're going to go through Coliseum Snapchat as well. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, this podcast is made possible by Coliseum. They are a Warzone fantasy online app where you can actually play in free tournaments and win free money by picking who you think your favorite Warzone streamers will be that will put up great stats. So they calculate fantasy points based on wins, based on kills, deaths, just like traditional sports. Um, and they're an awesome opportunity to go win some free money. And you can actually use code BOTLOBBY in, uh, on the website to enter in some of the paid ones uh, to win some even extra cash mm -hmm. in there. So exclamation point sponsor in the chat will pull up everything there is to know about said Coliseum. Uh, now, Katie, we've got a, a lot we want to go through on, mm -hmm. on Warzone, mm -hmm. but let's talk about the Coliseum stat chat. And we're going to take, as you guys pull up sponsor and go look at Coliseum, this is this is where, hey, we're doing this live. Uh, I'm, I've am i got the images that Coliseum sent over. For some reason, they're not showing up on the overlays. So I'm going to hop down. We're going to pull that up, and I'm going to have some editing magic help us out here. Let's continue with our Coliseum stat chat mm -hmm. before we continue our conversation about World Series uh, or Warzone 2 and World Series Warzone uh, and everything coming down the line. We've got a lot to talk about in the Shitter's Digest. But like I said, Coliseum is the reason we're able to do this podcast, and we have some cool graphics that they spun up for us in the last second here that uh my new overlay is kind of gypped out of our our uh podcast but let's pull them up here first and foremost let's talk about the people that were actually grinding warzone again this is based on caldera this is based on people that were playing uh caldera over the last week or so and so you're gonna see some potentially lower numbers because a lot of people were at cod next katie and, mm -hmm. and and then now this next week is even gonna be lower because the beta's out so this will be fun mm -hmm. to kind of compare and contrast some of these stats uh biggest games of caldera 40 bomb was the highest of caldera in the last week yeah. dracota breadman who was just on the pod and flanked dropped a 40 bomb we had 44 for fortunes keep for aiden and of course gorgo knight grinding a little rebirth action for dropped a 47 when rebirth was actually active yeah, gonna be lower still. <laughs> Extremely impressive. This is uh, the minority of the minority, right? Noah, very, very few people are posting kill counts this high, uh, but still impressive, especially when on a regular week, it is going to be probably somewhere in the 50s, Yeah, uh, which yeah, is going least. to be at those high kills. So let's swing over to the next. I'm curious to see uh, what you got. Yeah, top streamers so from the week. We've got Reed Boy mm -hmm. back in the stat lines as kind of per usual him. Stellar moves, always making an appearance every once in a while. Reed Boy had 77 victories in about a week so about seven days averaging 11 wins a day pretty impressive we had stellar moves at a 12 mm -hmm. victory streak really solid scumman had the most kills now this does kind of make sense when you consider that scumman was not at cod next he was grinding a ton throughout that entire time 25 over 2500 total eliminations in the last week average kills uh highest was 18 at biffle that includes the games by the way that he chucked at zero or one or two which is very impressive and then pie man and flank both had uh, the highest amount of Gulag wins at 23. That is impressive. I uh, I want everyone to know I did win my first Gulag. Uh, I did <laughs> I did have a 100% win rate until I ran into Redman. Who did you win against? Let's be very clear about it, Katie. I, I had, I'd have to go back in my VOD and look because there's a real chance one of them was a bot, but I know at least one of them was a person, so I'm going to take that dub. Okay, we'll, we'll take it. We won't put anybody on blast. Our last graphic for the day is our over-unders, and unfortunately, Katie has pulled back ahead. Nice! I totally I dropped the ball. I thought you were about ball. to say, unfortunately, no. Katie, you have fallen down. I, Let's... 
I really thought I was going to gap you here up by one, and then I was just going to start running away with it. But no, Katie on top. Uh, you can see our over and unders from last week based on this week uh, and uh, also where we're going to be going next week. And I think our stats next week are going to be much lower because everybody's going to be grinding that beta, mm -hmm. Katie. So as much as I want to go through our over-unders here, I think both of us are going to almost always take under on nearly yeah. everything. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of skip that portion. But you are on top, and we'll just call it even for next week as well because we're going to both go under on nearly everything unless you, you know want to change your I'll mind. I'll take it. No, no, no. I'll okay. take it. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll take it. You get to be on top for one more week, and then I'll, I'll come in with the big guns next time around. But again... Thank you so much to Coliseum for making this podcast possible. Go mm -hmm. check them out again. Exclamation point sponsor the chat. If you're watching this on YouTube or are listening to it live on all of our audio podcast formats, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, etc., go down to the description. Check out Coliseum. You can win when your favorite streamers win. Super, super mm -hmm. cool. Really easy to do. You got a salary cap. You pick your players. Some of them are really expensive, like Breadman, because he's constantly putting up crazy numbers. And some, a little bit of sneaky. They they don't get picked often, so they only cost you about a thousand of your twenty k budget. I think yeah. I'd be. You'd be cheap, well, but I would okay. be very. Expensive. All right. Well, anyways, use code <laughs> Bot Lobby and go support Coliseum. Now, heading into our last section mm -hmm. for the podcast, Shitter's Digest. We're here. There's not that much drama necessarily. There's a few things that we want to talk about. Um, but, of course, if we have any final thoughts about Warzone 2, we can bring mm -hmm. those up as well. Let's start with the drama, though, because everybody loves a good stirring of the pot oh, yeah. on the timeline. There was a number of small things. We saw Modern Warzone getting roasted for his height, as per usual, by Nick Merckx, a classic. We saw some hilarious I mean, back Nick's and forth. I not Paul, is he? No, no, he's not. It was <laughs> it was comedy. Uh, we saw some hilarious back and forth. Pretty even bring this up with Breadman proximity chat that we could bring oh, up that's Bobby, gonna be great. Bobby Poff versus Nick Merckx was so funny in proximity chat mm -hmm. uh I think the the terminology imparted by French here uh that Bobby used was I smell a pussy ran around the corner and blasted Nick Merckx and it was hilarious uh and then uh actual drama Two big things. Um, I want to start with the one that is kind of, I, I'd say, trending at all times and really nothing new, but a little bit new because it involves COD Next. It's Nadia. Nadia is at the forefront of every conversation about Call of Duty Warzone right now in a, in a general public eye because she is constantly, Katie, being accused of cheating. And there was another instance of that, of course, where she was invited to COD next. And I got to give her some credit. I mean, she was averaging like 12 to 15,000 viewers the entire COD next stream because everyone wanted to see how she played on LAN. And apparently a rumor was started, Katie, that she got pulled off of her setup because she was cheating. Now, that's just cannot, not true. <laughs> I cannot just—I cannot accurately articulate how stupid that is. I mean, the whole thing is stupid, and I don't— I feel like I, we're beating a dead horse at this point because it's just a continuation of the same endless drama. Yeah, no, I know. But, but like— Look at Shanice, chat. Yeah, uh, look at chat. I know. I saw I know. this on the timeline. It was so. It's so stupid. You're telling me that. You're telling me that Nadia really came in there after getting a bag checked through security, comes in, sits down, and puts. What do you think she was doing I, I don't on know. that PC? There were so many texts there were so many texts that were everywhere at all times constantly coming by and talking to you checking your computers there is 
No way. And and people, I mean, it's delusional. It's just, it's insanity. It's insanity and people are crazy. And uh, it is the fact that people would immediately jump to that. It's like, you're, you're just insane. Go touch grass. Literally go touch grass <laughs> because you are being, can, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. It, it is this weird, like, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to. It's wanna, a you, mob mentality yeah. and fervor yeah. that has turned all these people into psychos. You're in this weird, like, public TikTok echo chamber where something gets stated. And I, I do know, I saw the clip. Destroy sat down at her setup while she was pulled away. And Shanice, if you guys don't know who Shanice, Shanice is, she's an amazing community manager for uh, Activision. She kind of runs all the influencer discussions and getting Shanice people to advance. She does, does a crazy amount of stuff and worked crazy hard for COD Next. And she actually went up to inter uh, interview and pulled Nadia Ford interview. So I don't know if she was doing the interview or somebody else was, but pulled Nadia from the setup to do an interview because she's been blowing up recently and certainly worthy of, of getting an interview um and then destroy sat down at her setup it was like oh yeah they found something they gotta go talk to her kind of thing and i think that's where the rumor started and then it was just this crazy echo chamber where no one had seen that clip of destroy it was just hearsay uh, of hearsay of this person said this so i believe it it's it, crazy i mean absolutely People absurd are just I, and that's why part of me is almost like I don't, I know Shitter's Digest is about talking about things like this, but it almost makes me not want to give it attention because I don't, like, don't feed the trolls, if you will, right? <laughs> and these are some, these are some chonky, hefty trolls at this yeah. point. They need to go on a diet. Um. So, uh, but hey, she was in a place where everyone was happy to see her and she had a good time. And I think that's the most important thing. And at the end of the day, if someone if someone wants to keep doing that to you, uh, ride that momentum. Say yeah. thank you very much yeah. for propelling my career. Peace out. But well, and I say uh, too, I would say just to finalize this conversation too, I have been very impressed with Nadia in the way she's handled everything too, because she's handled a lot of insane amount of hate, an insane amount of DMs, insane amount of just harassment, uh, with honestly a lot of poise. And is, it is in that mentality of, like, let the haters hate. I'm going to do my thing. And she's been riding that wave and, and killing it. So pretty impressed with her, um, all things considered. A very tough thing to do, given the situation. But you're right. Let's let's head to the next topic, because this one's a, a little bit of some more pot-stirring drama. Um, everybody hates tier lists. Um, I have been the victim of getting hate from tier lists. I used what to do tier lists do all the time. I've been bugging you about this for a minute. I'm down for some tier lists. I'm down for some background tier lists. I'm down for all those types of tier lists. The good fun tier lists. Now, the fun ones. general tier lists where you rank players. If you are a player, usually you get a lot of backlash for a good reason. You're ranking people. People don't like to be ranked if you rank them poorly. People like to be ranked if you rank them well. Well, this one wasn't a tier list, but similar, Katie. Uh, Miss Know-It-All, who was known for running a ton of kind of buy-in or wager tournaments or whatever you want to call them. I mean, constant tournaments. I mean, I keep track of War, uh, Warzone earnings and it's like every other tournament is hers. She's running that many for the community to keep if people fresh playing. If you Twitter tournaments, you know yeah. who she is. She decided that to kind of end Caldera in the next couple months or so, I think it was actually today or tomorrow or something like that she was going to run what she would deem as her top 32 player 2v2 tournament so like the sweatiest of the sweats who she determined were the top 32 very clear about that um people that were not of course a part of that top 32 freaked out katie i mean they were losing their minds so much so Is there anyone noticeable that you saw because i came into it late so i saw her twit longer yeah because uh, she ended up canceling it because of all of this and she right. was just like the hell with all of you i'm not gonna put on this for you if you're gonna react that way but i don't know 
Is there somewhere that had like the list of people that were included and people who were complaining? I think it might have gotten deleted. Uh, I, I'll have to go back and scroll through who her top 32 was. It might be in a VOD somewhere or something like that. Um, but apparently a lot of the complaining was there was some subtweeting on Twitter, but a lot of it was on stream as well in front of their audiences. And so then, of course, those audiences are then mobilized to go harass her, which sucks. Um, and, and obviously she can do whatever she wants with her tournaments. But I know some of the players that were in the top 32 were frustrated that it got canceled because they were excited to right. play it or changed plans around to play in it. I know Brad, I think, was playing in it as well. He mentioned that. Um, so just a terrible situation across the board. And, and that's what happens, I guess, when people rank people. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, hey, just, you know, I guess the only thing that you could pull out of these types of situations are there's always going to be people trying to drag you down and hate on you. How, mm -hmm. how do we respond? If we're constantly getting harassed, that's not worth it. And if you're somebody that is mobilizing a community on purpose or on accident, but of course on purpose, don't do that. But even on accident, like you have to be aware of the words you're using when you're streaming to thousands of people or hundreds of people or even mm -hmm. tens of people, because those people will take those words regardless of any other feelings underneath them and then take them, talk to them like they're fact, run with them and then potentially go harass that person and so we all have to be careful of those types of words on broadcast and of course miss know-it-all is is added to the list of people that have uh, suffered unfortunately um from that well yeah and i think on top of that it's you know the phrases come to mind that are kind of tongue-in-cheek but very applicable in this sense uh this is why we can't have nice things right this is why uh, you know one bad apple spoils the bunch and what I mean by that is that people are upset that this got canceled, people who were playing in it. Well, she isn't she isn't doing this necessarily out of like the kindness of her heart, if you right, will. And right. even if she was, she doesn't have to tolerate that. And she shouldn't tolerate that. No one should. No one should just have to swallow harassment. Yeah, yeah. They, they shouldn't have to. So her canceling it... Um, no issue with that, right? You're well within your right. If you feel like people are, are behaving in a way that is just not conducive to what you want to do, then I'm sorry. Yeah, literally, you, you can't have nice things. Goodbye. We'll see you later. And I, uh, we'll, we'll end up seeing what comes out of it. But also, let's be very clear here. 32 is a wide berth uh, of people. And if you're not in that top 32, as Hey Lovely once said... Maybe you are just a shitter, you know? <laughs> maybe maybe okay. we need to go back to what Breadman was saying there, right? Jeez. When he dies in solos and he knows that a lot of the time it's just a mistake he made. Maybe go take a look at your mistakes and don't be chirping at Mrs. Know-It-All. Sure, you know? and I will take the positive standpoint of like, hey, the difference between a player number 33 and player number 32 is probably just the difference of an opinion of one thing that that mm -hmm. one person saw. Like, it is such a minor thing. Uh, overall, frustrating circumstance for everybody involved and uh be careful about how you mobilize your communities is uh, is the main takeaway at least i have from that so anyways hey that's our shitter's digest we've talked about warzone uh, i guess final thing that we want to bring up on the podcast because we didn't really spend a lot of time on it uh, besides a, a few funny jokes or, or what have you katie is this idea of proximity chat i, I want to have a conversation with mm -hmm. you briefly about proximity chat um and what you think about it pluses and minuses um how it can maybe elevate content and, and we'll kind of finish up from there uh, proximity chat, um, I think 
it's great. I, I think from a content and a longevity perspective, it will continuously breathe life into this game because it is there. Uh, so I love it. Uh, um, I think the positives are numerous, right? Um, I, uh, I knew I was going to die at one point because, uh, I never had a full trio the entire time we were playing at COD Next. It would always be like someone timed out or whatever. And I had just been bought back, right, by this person. And I had like two plates and a pistol. I had, I had absolutely nothing. Sure. And I suddenly hear Nick Marks in my headset. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I know he's playing with like swag, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Oh no. And the storm's at my back. And so I know he's been pushed in with the storm with his team. And they're talking about loot and they're talking about the building. And I'm like, you're talking about my building. They're inside the house. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to jump off and try and uh, do something through. When I had a pistol, let's be clear. There is no sure, way I sure, am winning that. Sure. And suffice to say, I did not. And I was taken down. But it, it was so funny. It was like this like Jaws moment yeah. of like you hear the proximity chat turn on and you're like, I am not safe where I am. But uh, on the flip side of that, and I, I know that there must be a lot going on behind the scenes to make sure that this gets minimized as much as possible. Uh, but you always have to take a look at um, the ways that proximity chat can be abused. And I know there's a lot of tackle. There's a lot of great ways out there to make sure that you are protecting uh, protecting folks from abuse that can come their way in proximity chat. Um, I, I don't I can't imagine anything's ever perfect off rip, but um I do think the positives will outweigh the negatives, but that is always something to be mindful of. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, as a reminder, there was a recent kind of code of conduct update for Call of Duty mm -hmm. about things that they were focusing on, um, you know, trying to mitigate and even ban uh, based on, you know, slurs and all <laughs> kinds of derogatory things that can be said through proximity chats, game chats, etc. So something that we'll keep in mind, something that I'm interested about, we talked about it before the podcast started, is, hey, hey are they going to start implementing some sort of auto moderation of voice yeah. chat? We know that's a possibility. Things like I know Riot TikTok, does it. Yeah. Valorant, it. I believe. Yeah, I believe Riot does yeah. it with Valorant. Like their algorithm slash AI or whatever you want to say about mm -hmm. it of like that monitor certain words. And if the word is said, uh, it will auto like ban you essentially. It's it's what happens in TikTok all the time. Now there's some like mistakes that happen with AI. There's never a perfect AI, but it could be something that could be implemented to, to kind of help clean up some of that game chat. Also, I saw a lot of people saying like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. We're never going to be able to like talk to our teammates. No, like if you're in Discord, you're, and your game audio is not coming through like you're not gonna be talking in prox chat like let's be clear it's gonna be perfect for streamers that want to do push to talk for in-game chat it's really simple type stuff like that mm -hmm. or you can troll when you want to troll and you can turn it off when you want to turn it off it's it's not going to be like a game breaking problem i will say too it's worth mentioning just so everybody's aware and on the same page um proximity chat was not directional on purpose um that is not the case for some other games where the proximity chat is based on the direction that the player is in so it can help you figure out where they are if they're talking to where if like comes through your game audio on your right earbud uh they're on mm -hmm. your right side in this one it was just they just came through the oh, no, i just heard yeah, nick yeah. at that point suddenly yeah it could be a bit disorienting but that's like that is to be clear a good thing so that it's not a way to like exploit people that want to use it and then it would become something that people want to turn off all well, the time and you can also make a fairly good um you can also make a fairly good guess based on just your surround. Like if I'm in a building and the storm's pushing behind me and I wasn't hearing Nick Marks and swag until I was, I sure. can have a generally good idea of probably the direction they're coming in. But I do, I do like that as well because, um, uh, I, I don't necessarily love like that's additional audio cues on top of audio cues, yeah. you know, uh, of, and then we already know that footstep audio seems to be very loud 
yeah, uh, yeah. in this game. So. There's, a, there's a lot to listen to. I like Lamb's comment in the chat saying, I hope we have mm -hmm. a separate volume slider for prox chat it's not a bad idea at all i'm sure you can do that with like hey my game chat audio goes down just might affect those that yeah. actually use game chat it, yeah it might be lumped in with the actual in-game chat but regardless hey we hit all of our topics today had a blast talking with breadman mm -hmm. an incredible guy we've gassed him up a ton even in the parts that were going to be edited out of this episode but uh thank you again uh, to bread and everybody that hops on this podcast we love having guests on so to kind of finalize this episode i want to give a chart to everybody listening at home wherever you're listening who do you want to see on the podcast we constantly get know. asks and people in like dms or in mentions saying hey i'd love to see this person this person this person we want to hear more from you all to see who you want to hear especially even if it's a repeat if they have valuable things that we can talk about that's not necessarily their story like breadman's opinion on warzone 2 we want to hear it so go to grandmaster goge on twitter go to katie bedford world's bedford on all of her socials as well you can see those mm -hmm. scrolling up on the screen right now um please dm us please add us who you want to yeah, see um because I, I think the cool part is not only does everybody have a story katie but everybody okay. talks and has opinions on things in in different ways that are always so interesting like when you compare brad to even the way we did an interview with like fifa kill like they they talked about their come-ups in such different ways some of those stories can be similar but always fun even if it's repeat questions to hear uh, opinions and thoughts from all of our favorite content creators and competitors yeah uh again guys let us know i think there's already a couple filtering in the chat never hesitate our dms are open uh tweeted us um whatever you're comfortable with uh because uh, we do this because we're passionate about it but obviously we want our our viewers to feel involved and um let us know what they want to do but i also think that's it for us coach for yeah, right now i know we've got some other stuff we've got to work our way through uh again keep in mind that the timestamped vod for this will be available on youtube i know a couple of folks in breadman's chat were asking about it so we will get all of that to you asap yeah and hey thank you all for the support thus far the youtube has been popping up to 261 subscribers which may sound like few but it is growing dramatically so thank yes. you for that a lot of like thousand plus view videos go check that out and of course give us ratings on spotify itunes all that good stuff but until next time this has been the bot lobby podcast we'll see you in the next episode peace